Hi, this is presenter Kate O'Halloran, and this is the podcast of Kick Like a Girl, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R during the AFLW season. Kick Like a Girl dissects the week in AFLW with stars and fans of the game and focuses not just on the action on field, but the politics off it. We hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Kick Like a Girl's Facebook page, Twitter or website. But first, I want to say hi to my co-host for the second week running, Emily Fox. Do you want to introduce yourself, please? Hi, Kate. Yes, I'm Emily Fox. I'm a player down at the St Kilda Sharks Footy Club, and I'm just one of those people that tends to hang around AFL clubs and <laughs> get annoying, and everyone's too polite to tell me to bugger off. So, yeah, that's about the extent of it. <laughs> and these days, hassle people for post-match interviews, thanks to me, so... <laughs> Thank you for doing that. No, that's all right. It's really interesting walking out on the ground when all the other media are all dressed up (laughs) nice and sharp and I'm just, you know, (laughs) there in my tank tops and booty shorts. Oh, you're representing uh, Triple R. Triple R. (laughs) It wouldn't be Triple R otherwise. All right, let's not waste any time. Uh, We have two guests to introduce you to. The first is a two-time All-Australian, one of the AFLW's original marquee players for her former club, the Brisbane Lions, and now a 25-game Richmond Tiger who will go down in history as her club's first ever goal kicker. Welcome, Sabrina Frederick. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome. I love it down here. It's a pretty awesome bio you've got there, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice and impressive. Uh, someone equally as impressive uh, here is Rana Hussein. She's Richmond's Diversity and Inclusion Coordinator and also the latest addition to the Outer Sanctum. Welcome, Rana. Thank you. You could have introduced me first, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up to time All-Australian. Well, it was a bit of a tough act to follow, wasn't it? <laughs> All-Australian in something, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, uh, em, do you want to kick us off for our... We've been chatting naturally to these two for the last half mm. an hour and now suddenly we've got to forcefully ask them <laughs> questions and grill them. That's all right. We won't get boring. We won't get all commercial. <laughs> we'll stick with the community vibe. Um, Sab, that's a really impressive resume. And how old are you? Mm. 23, 24? Yeah, I'm 23. How does that make you feel when you consider that you've been the face of this league mm. since it started, yet you're still so young and there's still so much football ahead of you? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty... It's pretty exciting knowing that um, it's been. I'm going into my fourth year now, and I think just seeing how much has grown, not only in the AFLW but just how much has grown in the the leagues around the country. It's um, pretty amazing to be able to see that, and also just because of my age, I'm hoping that I can be in the game for a bit and and see how much more growth there is out there. But yeah, an absolute honour, and I'm just excited to keep playing. So when the league started in 2017, you were mm. 19, 20, yeah. and yeah. you were really put up there as a face of the competition as a marquee mm. player at Brisbane, how does someone who's still in their teens handle that kind of pressure? Honestly, I don't know how um, I was feeling in the time. I think just knowing that I had a responsibility to the people that are coming through and um, in that moment you just want to do the best um, that you possibly can. And I moved to from Perth to, to Brisbane at 19, which is a huge move. And to be honest, I didn't really um, think too much of it. But now looking back, um, that move was instrumental um, to the way I live now and I've grown so much from that um, and, yeah, it's given me so much. So I'm looking forward to what the, the future brings. And you've, you've come into this space as well as a proud woman of colour mm. and also a queer woman. Mm. So adding those on top of being part of it, like, was that something you had to really take pride in that you were pride mm. in, that you were, you know, creating this example or a role model for anyone else coming up in that space, especially people of colour? Yeah, definitely. 
Um, the, the reality is when you step into the public eye, people are always watching you and it's not like I'm, I'm changing much of myself. I don't um, put things on for the people watching, but you just have a responsibility and know that um, there are people watching. And I mean, I think me growing up and the people I looked up to had a major impact into why I'm here now. So just knowing that the impact um, I can have on those girls and boys playing um, sport is, is huge and, and the people in, in my community too. So, yeah. So, Rana, you've been working at Richmond for a while now and you're one of the first AFL employees or AFL club employees who's a proud Muslim woman, wears a hijab to work every single day and this is your role at Richmond. So how much of Richmond now focused on being a champion for diversity and really showing these positive role models outside of the, you know, the societal norms? Um, to try to you know get more people invested in what Richmond's doing. Yeah, it's been a huge focus for us over the last few years, sort of slowly building our uh, portfolios around diversity and inclusion. It's funny, I remember when SABS first started uh, at Richmond. In fact, you hadn't even started, but you sort of officially <laughs> signed on. And I remember just sitting down with you and saying, okay, just to be clear, like, how do you feel about being the representative of <laughs> women of colour and queer women and just intersectional feminism in general? Yeah. And you were just, like, so happy to be in there and do it and we both kind of just, like, looked at each other and, yeah, like, this is going to happen. And I think um, at Richmond our aim is really mainly just to make sure that the game's accessible to as many people as possible. And, we, you know, we know football has traditionally left groups out um whether on purpose or not but it you know people have felt left out of afl and and so our job is really to kind of make sure we open up those doors again i imagine brendan gale down at richmond's probably the kind of bloke that would actually understand what intersectional feminism feminism means now but in regards to like the male playing group and stuff Mm. like that have you guys had to like do you feel like there's a responsibility to also educate those guys around intersectionality and women's rights and their your space in football yeah i mean every interaction that you have with those guys obviously um their schedules are a little bit different to ours so we don't see them that often but when we do we we know our responsibility every time every conversation that we have with them has an impact um and it opens the door to you know just new things for them because for so long it's been just them and and their bubble and um you know whether it's right or wrong it's that's how it's been for so long so i think just knowing that they're they're willing to hear whatever we want to talk about um is awesome for a start but just having that conversation and just seeing how it goes from there and do you ever go in the gym and just show how much you can bench press more than some of the boys can? Yeah, look, I don't, I don't want to show them up. Like, we're not going to do that. No, no, they're great. Honestly, there are times when we're in, we're in each other's spaces, and they're awesome. Um, it's a shame that uh, some of the players have left that I've had great bonds with over the last few months. Um, but that's footy, and I just can't wait to grow those relationships with more and more players. I think the other thing, like that's what's so great about AFLW is that it has opened up conversations in terms of like a peer-to-peer conversation, Mm. athlete-to-athlete. You know, everybody kind of understands each other on that level and so you can engage in a whole other way. Um, And similarly, you know, we launched a diversity and inclusion action plan which has opened up a whole new conversation for the club. So this last year has been a huge step Mm. forward for us. If you don't mind, Sabs, I might just go back slightly. Mm. You've just come, you know, to play in Victoria for a club 
in the men's comp at least that has a hundred thousand plus members mm-hmm. um how different is that to playing footy in queensland what have you noticed yeah. about the shift yeah it's very it's it's very different um i mean obviously they in queensland they pride themselves on on rugby so i think just coming to somewhere where everyone knows footy and and they really support a team <laughs> and and that's that's a massive change in itself um but going to a club that is so um Everyone's just so – it's hard to explain, but they're so proud to be a part of the club and the history that the club has had. Um, and it's really heartwarming, to be honest, and you feel like you're a part of something. Um, I don't know about Rana, but when I walked through the doors for the first time, I really felt that, that yeah. although I was at Brisbane, as soon as I walked through the door, I felt like I'm now at Richmond and this is the place to be. So yeah. it's been definitely a shift. There's more media around and yeah. more people want to talk about footy, but um, I've honestly really loved it, Yeah. Right. And Rana, actually, you've talked before um, in an interview about your experience of first walking into the club as well. First hijab wearing woman to Mm -hmm. be employed at a footy club. (laughs) Um, Can you take us back to that time? I know you spoke a little bit about, you know, when the club set up a prayer room and what that meant to you. Yeah, it was daunting because, you you know, as I was very much an outsider, I wasn't coming from another footy job. So uh, I really didn't know what to expect and um, I was met with such warmth and um, a huge welcome which was really lovely and then but what spoke volumes to me was that they were straight off the bat we've got a prayer room um, and, and I was really lucky because um, I was walking to a club that already had Basha Hooli so he'd done a lot <laughs> yeah. of that groundwork for me um, but you know walking in completely new they still valued what was important to me and wanted to make sure that I felt comfortable uh and it's you know I won't lie every day is difficult if you're the one that looks a little bit different whether it's at work or on public transport it is something that you experience every single day and I've worn my hijab for many many years now but there is still that element of oh god I stick out like a sore thumb so um (laughs) that doesn't change but um I feel much more part of the furniture at the club which is actually a really nice feeling Mm. at the St Kilda Sharks one of our great rivalries uh is with the Murrumbina Football Club and they've got a couple of players play for them the Ibrahim sisters who 50 games each now and they both wear their hijabs when they play when you see these kind of athletes being who they are and expressing their religious identity in football does that make you feel empowered and see what you guys are doing is you know helping create that space right through to the community football too yeah and like we all know in this room we all know representation is everything so when you see yourself in other people doing things that maybe you felt like you couldn't it means the world and and it builds your own sense of confidence walking into rooms where maybe you feel a little bit different and that's sort of what I strive for that people in everything we do I want people to be able to see themselves in it and we don't always nail it but that's certainly what we try for. And on the topic of diversity and inclusion, we've got a few Pride games happening mm. this week. And Sabs, I hope you don't mind me mentioning, but other people have talked about this as well. You've got a wedding coming up in yes. December. Ooh. So congratulations, <laughs> oh, firstly. Um, how, yeah, what does it mean to you that we've got this competition where we can have two teammates mm. in Car and Ebony Antonio who are mm. openly married? Mm. Um, you know, we've never, still never had an AFL men's player come out, past mm. or present. What mm. does it mean to have a competition that is so openly 
proud um, in terms of LGBTI representation. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I love watching their games and hearing the commentary and just knowing that um, they share the same last name now. Like That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so cool. Um, yeah, it's exciting and it, it makes you feel so proud that um, – you know, we've developed something that right from the get-go has been so inclusive mm. and that's so important to me is making sure that I'm a part of something that is a lot bigger than yeah. just the football. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, it just makes you want to go out there and do even better, to be honest, and, and push the envelope even even more so. But in terms of the wedding, I'm, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to, um, yeah, it's to find someone that you want to share your life with is incredible and, and now I'm at the the stage of my life where I'm I'm ready to take on every, everything and anything with my partner. So, yeah, I can't wait for December awesome. where we can uh, say the I do's and uh, she'll be stuck with me forever. <laughs> <laughs> Dress or suit? Or are we not allowed um, to know yet? You know what? I'm, I've been tossing up between the two because I just want whatever I look the most fly in, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly. Awesome. Um, so I think... I think it will be the suit just because you can do a lot more personally, mm-hmm. I think. Like I've got a few ideas I up my sleeves, quite literally. Yeah, I've rocked a suit for the B&F mm. and I've got a lot of um, compliments. So, yeah, I think I'll, I'll go with a suit purely because I just look awesome in it. Well, so we'll Billy Porter wore a... Um... A tuxedo dress. Yeah, right. Last year. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm definitely <laughs> open to it. Um, I'm open to whatever I look the best in, to be honest, because you want to look the best on that day. That's your one day mm-hmm. you, it can be given the license to look the absolute best. Then you can go looking like everything else on the, every other day. So, <laughs> and those photos are around forever. <laughs> exactly. So. Mm. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the footy, because, you know, we do like to talk about off-field here more than anything else, it seems. Um, How are you feeling, Sabrina, just, Mm. yeah, with the first couple of games, two losses, I guess, is obviously not the way you would have wanted to start the season, Mm. but... Um, are you hopeful about the rest of the season? What you know? What positives have you taken out of the first couple of rounds? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously disappointing to to lose. I'm very comp- um, competitive, so losing's <laughs> not or it's not great. Um, but I think, as for us anyway, it's not about that. We, it's our first year in the competition, and there's so many girls playing for the first time, and it's honestly just about getting better. And um, didn't get the result we wanted in the first week, but on the weekend, we played a lot better than the first weekend. We corrected a lot of things from the first week, which is a win for us, mm. although we didn't win the game. Mm. Um, obviously, let a few things slide um, on the weekend and, and we had a real opportunity to, to win that game. Mm. But again, all you can do is reset this week, look at the things we didn't do well and correct it and get better Um, because one day we will get that opportunity and for so many of our group we've got years in it Mm. so um, you know and some of these girls have been playing together for the last three years Um, and some people need to give like with the Carlton girls they've been playing together for so long Um, they're a talented side yeah you got to give them the respect of that Um, and we're just trying to do our best so we we move on this week um, playing North Melbourne and we'll look at the footage from this weekend gone and just 
correct that in training and hopefully we get better because that's all you can do and, and the results will come. Do you like looking at your footage? Um, <laughs> I feel like I would hate that. It's mm. always good when you're doing good things. <laughs> um, looking at footage where you're not doing the right thing is always um, daunting. But, I mean, it's it's like getting feedback. You can only get better by um, reviewing and that's the one thing I do like about it. I love feedback and I always want to be better. So um, seeing that and seeing what we can adjust because one thing that I struggle with is if you get the win, things like that get brushed under the carpet sometimes because people just think you've got the win, that's all that matters. Mm. But when you lose, you really have to break it down to, okay, we didn't do that right and that's simple and we can fix that. That's basic stuff. And then you actually do get better. So as much as I love winning, there's a lot that you can get out of losing as well because it's a lesson. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to this week getting back on the track with the girls. When you get to do your video reviews, do you get all the footage that, like, the men's will get as well? Do you get, like, yeah. the full scale behind the goals, yeah. see everything? Yeah, we get the we get behind the goals, um, what you'd see on the TV, and then the side view as well, um, which is awesome because you get to see it from all sort of angles. Because I think when you just follow the ball, you don't get to see the leading patterns that are happening throughout the ground. So um, it's always good getting all those angles because you see things that, some people probably wouldn't pick up just watching the game. Um, also, you don't get um, the distraction of the commentary when just yeah. watching the, yeah. the footage in itself. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to be able to get that back and just get better. Speaking of the commentary as well, apparently Beck got out on the weekend said that she doesn't think that Richmond's going to win a game this year. Yeah, okay. What do you do with that kind of stuff? Is that something where you just got to park it, put it aside, pretend it didn't happen, it doesn't affect you? Or do you kind of use that as a bit of ammo and say, well... You know, we we will we'll win a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, I've I've played for for the last three years now, and commentary doesn't mean anything really. Like, we don't know how we're going to go. Like, Mm. they're not going to know. We don't know. And it's one of those things where you just got to get better and and hope we're in it to win games. It's what we play. We're not in it to just make up the numbers. We we want to compete. and we will do that. And like I said, on the weekend, if we made a few minor adjustments, I think we actually could have won that game. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't think we're far off. Um, and, yeah, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And, well, I guess we'll just see. Yeah. Prove them wrong. That's well, all you can do. The VFL team was pretty good last year. Made yeah. the finals, had a good run. Is it the same kind of game plan? You're just kind of waiting for it to click now? Or? Yeah. I mean, there's so many girls that are playing for the first time. And I think people underestimate that. Like, it's... It's a lot to learn and, and for some girls to play on like that Carlton game, we had about 15,000 people. To play your first ever game in front of 15,000 mm. people, that's a big deal mm. and it's a lot to handle. Um, and then playing uh, on the Gold Coast in that heat, um, again, for girls that are travelling for the first time, like it is a lot. Um, so it's one of those things, yeah, like – I don't. I personally don't really listen to it too much. I'm sure some other people do, but all you can do is get better and, and, and prove them wrong, like I said. I think there's also just quite a big difference between the VFL and AFLW comp now. Mm. Like the skill mm. level is just really, really different and so you can't even really rely on the VFLW as an indication and so many don't play VFLW. Mm. So um, any new team I think is is up against it, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. But doing an amazing job. We love you, Sabs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love you, Sabs. <laughs> well, that's a good segue. Thank you. Because um, 
we've spoken about what it means uh, for Rana to have Yousavs at the mm. club, but what does it mean for you to have someone like Rana at the Richmond Footy Club? I think it's awesome. Um, it's incredible to know that Richmond are, are putting resources behind trying to make it more inclusive because, like I said, I think football is the best sport. I honestly do. And I just want more and more people playing it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's awesome to have Rana there. Not only is like, I see her as a sister yeah. personally, um, to just be able to talk about whatever, but it's also nice to just um, brainstorm on how we can make the club better because yeah. that's what we're here to do. We just want to make sure that when we leave, we leave knowing that we've made a, a you know, an impact on, on the club and made it a better place to be. So, I love the fact that Rans is there and um, although it might be difficult every day, there's going to be challenges. You leave knowing that, you know, you're actually making a difference. Mm. So, yeah, I love it. So when it comes to your diversity inclusion policies, Rana, like your men's team has just won a premiership, but you've also had your Victorian wheelchair football team mm. win a premiership last year. Um, you've got your Indigenous Academy, the Bashahooli Academy, partners with Midsummer now. Do you kind of set yourselves as you want to be the league leader in this space? Uh, that's what I tell myself and everyone else. <laughs> uh, I don't think we didn't, we haven't sort of said, okay, that's what we want to be. We sort of started at where are we at? And historically we've done a really good job, I think, of engaging with Indigenous communities and building that platform and engagement. And so we sort of, when I started, it was, probably time to look at who else could we be talking to um and so you know partnering with midsummer for example was a way for us to learn um you know we didn't have the answers we didn't have the know-how so it made sense to partner with a group like midsummer to actually just see what they do how they do it and who are the people they're talking to and maybe start having the same conversation so that's sort of how we approach the work if we don't know what we're doing let's ask someone Mm -hmm. just with disclosure i've been chatting with Richmond a little bit over the last 12 months, especially about transgender inclusion in sport. And they're the one AFL club that really has been all about asking questions. Mm. And that feels really empowering for me because it's been, as far as the media is concerned, it's been the opposite. It's been dictating to us how we should be accepted, but Richmond's gone the exact opposite and looked at inclusivity first. So it clearly shows that this is actually something you guys are investing in Mm. emotionally, not just from a practical perspective. Mm. I do we're sorry, Sabs. We don't. I mean, it's more of a confidence thing. Like, I don't. I wouldn't feel good about talking about something that I don't really know anything about. And until we get those expertise in, it would be uh, really negligent for us to kind of come out of the gates calling shots like that. So for us, it really is about doing it um, in a way that we can be proud of how we go about the work we do. Mm. Yeah, I was just saying, like we. Richmond have however many members and people that just love the club and we just want to make sure that we continue to grow that. We want we want everyone to be Richmond fans. Like that's <laughs> that's what we want as a club to make sure that, you know, if you don't have a team, we're your team and we're we're gonna fight for you and, and make sure that you feel included. So yeah, it's it's nice to be at a club that is willing to push boundaries to do that. Mm. Um, because, you know, that's the only way forward. And I think the big part of that for me is you can be part of Richmond without changing who you are because um, I think sometimes football can make people feel like you have to be a certain type of person and women have felt that 
for years um, that, you know, because I'm not a bloke, I can't really be part of this. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what we're working towards. You don't have to change who you are to be part of Richmond. Nice. I like it. I think that is a good note to probably end on in case uh, the two of you want to get on with your day. But first of all, we want to play uh, Kirby Fenwick's weekly segment, Voices from the Stands. What's your name? So my name's Morgan. And Morgan, who do you barrack for? Uh, I barrack for both North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs. North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs, how does that work? So I became a Western Bulldogs member because North Melbourne didn't have a team in the first couple of years, but I loved the Western Bulldogs so much that I couldn't give up my membership. Um, it just felt like too much of a part of me by this point. So. That's so sweet. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, well. And what do you love about the AFLW? I mean, you, you picked up a team that wasn't yours before they before North had a team. What, what do you love about this league? Look, I just love everything. It, it makes me feel quite proud, but also, in a sense, a little bit sad that it, I didn't get to experience it growing up. Um, so being like, I'm 27 now, it feels quite nice to know that, I know this is quite cliche, but the next generation will have it as well. And I just really love everything. I love the representation. I love that we have all different types of groups represented in this sport. I love that the um, LGBTQI plus players, they just can be themselves where we don't see that in the men's game as much. It just feels really special and really different. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I don't ever feel, I love the family friendly environment. I don't ever feel scared or nervous here. It's just, it's just very special. my daughter be so excited by the possibility that she could be a footballer if she wanted to be um, and what a different world it is for her. Can you tell me what your name is? Elena. <laughs> and who do you barrack for? 
Uh, Western Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs. <laughs> of course. We're back here at Witten Oval. Not, not the best. Kato Heller here on Kick Low Girl. I've just turned off voices from the stands. I'm having a shocker of a technical day. Uh, let me get you back to the last minute and a half and we'll continue playing that. Sorry. Western Bulldogs. We're back here at Witten Oval. Not, not the best weather conditions to be playing footy in. How are you feeling about being back at Witten Oval for season 2020? I love it. I love this ground. It's just, yeah true home of the Bulldogs and yeah it's just really good to be back and seeing the girls out there. And what do you love about the AFLW? Just everything. I've, I've played footy myself and I think it's just great that the girls have got a pathway all the way through from Auskick to juniors all the way through to AFLW and there's even masters now which is just fantastic. Just love footy. Did you say that you, you play footy yourself? Yes I'm playing in the AFL masters for Darabin Falcons. Darabin <laughs> Falcons look out that's super yeah. exciting. Yeah, I played oh, 15 years ago when my daughter was six months with the Falcons and played a few seasons when Daisy Pierce and all those girls were starting out. Um, yeah, had a few years off due to kids and then decided to come back and have another crack at it. And how, how are you enjoying it? What's that been like for you? Oh, I just love it. Like, just a great bunch of people and, you know, champions in their own right from a number of years ago. And, yeah, just have a, have a lot of fun, just have a ball out there. That's so good. I love <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Probably a bit old, 44 and four kids, but still getting out there and having a kick. Laura Nell's mum played last year, and she's like, what, 65? Yeah, so you've got another 20 years. I matched up on her in her last game. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good laugh. Lauren was out there too. She got to have a game. So that was really cool. That's amazing. This is Leah Kasler from the Gold Coast Suns. You're listening to Kick Like a Girl on Triple R Radio. Leah Kasler did a good job of our intro, unlike Ellie Blackburn last week. Emily, eh? <laughs> oh, Ellie. Go to love her. We asked her to intro it and she said, what's it called again? <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, clearly clearly never listened to the show. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Uh, we're lucky that Sabrina and Rana have decided to stick around so you can help us with our round review uh, if you feel like it, of course. Jump in wherever it's not awkward. Uh, so the round kicked off on Friday night with some terrible weather, thunderstorms, pouring rain at the Witten Oval, but we were there anyway, weren't we, Emily? Yeah, we were there. We enjoyed it. It looked like it just felt like Melbourne brought the weather up from Casey with them, <laughs> with the wind and the rain and everything. And Witten Oval's so windy as well. It yeah. does, yeah. Yeah, what's it like to play there, Seb? Uh, yeah, super, super windy. Um, <laughs> they would be really good at playing in the wind wherever because they would be training it every week for sure. Yeah, well, it's a bit like Casey Fields, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the Demons were very impressive, I thought. 20-point uh, winners just looked a lot more composed in the wet and I think Daisy Pierce had something like 100% disposal efficiency yeah. at halftime. It was crazy. It's unreal. Yeah. And... Last year, not having Daisy in that team, I think has actually been a really strong benefit for that midfield. Mm. They've had a few younger players start to lift now in that absence. And now that means that Daisy Pierce is going to be bouncing the ball mm. off half back mm. and running at 100% disposal efficiency doing mm. that. Um, so that's added an extra element to Melbourne's game that hopefully, possibly, will be enough to finally get them into the finals. Mm. Yeah, um, well, they've missed out on percentage for a few ev- years every running. Year. Um, and the dogs, the dogs are playing pups, so they're going to be up, they're going to be down. Mm. They might bounce back this week, but 
whatever they do, they're going to be exciting. Mm. Indeed. And then we had a game down in Tassie. Um, North got over the line 6-1-37 to the Giants 2-7-19. What did you make of this one? Uh, the North Melbourne engine room was just phenomenally strong again. It was Alicia Eva against Bruton, Kearney. Mm. Um, Jazzy Garner was in there all day and uh, Riddell as well racked up 20-plus posies. So when you've got your four starting midfielders racking up 80 touches between them, you, they're going to win. You're going to win. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think GWS, Courtney Gum retired. They're missing fridge. I, it's going to be left up to Eva and uh, Alice Parker a little bit, I think, and we'll, we'll be interested to see how they can get over Alicia that. Alicia Eva is amazing, though. It's she's incredible. She just tears through them, and she's incredible. I've seen some um, footage of her coaching, too. I reckon she's going to make an excellent coach yeah. one day. Mm. She's great. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, well, this is awkward. Gold Coast Suns versus Richmond. Yeah. 11-point uh, win <laughs> by the Suns. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you want to run us through that one, Sabrina? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, happened. Didn't, didn't really go our way. You know what, though? Like, it was a good, great battle out there. Two expansion teams playing on against each other. It was good to see where we, we stood out there. Um, yeah. The Gold Coast had a few young ones running around as, as well as us, and I think it was awesome to see... Um, the gameplay um, between both teams, um, especially with the amount of people that showed up from the Gold Coast, which was awesome. It was a very, very hot game, bit of rain as well. Um, but, yeah, obviously didn't get the result in the end, um, didn't quite convert on the scoreboard. But, mm. yeah, looking forward how to did, next week. How did the team go with the travel, Sabs? Yeah, I mean, it's it's – it's only two and a half hours, I think, on the flight, so um, not too bad with that. But I think just the element of travel for someone who hasn't done it before is is always interesting. Um, trying to get that sleep right, what to eat right, um, getting up on the plane and actually stretching, all those things, um, obviously, for someone who hasn't done it before um, can be quite a deterrent. So um, just getting that under their belt and obviously reassessing for next time we travel will be good. Mm. Just watching that game, just want to point out, every single time Taylor Style got the ball, which was mm. a lot because she had a mm. cracking game, mm. the commentators had a tendency to discuss her past every single time she touched yeah. the ball. Uh, is that something you guys want to control within the club because you want to focus on what she's doing now and the future that she's got in the game where she's going to be a brilliant player? Yeah, it's so hard because she's super, super talented um, and what's happened has happened so long ago. Um, and from the club's perspective, like we're just excited to have her on board and, and can't wait to see what she does in the future because she's a good kid like she's got such a bright future ahead of her and um yeah it's a shame that we have to go and talk about something that has nothing to do with footy Mm. um but yeah i'm sure she'll do some amazing things in the future and hopefully that conversation changes uh next match was the inaugural western australian derby or derby between uh the eagles and the dockers and the dockers were incredibly impressive with a 45 point win terrifying (laughs) they were terrifying (laughs) but amazing crowd right Thirty-five thousand. it's awesome it's awesome how much um over in wa they get around the derbies and and especially the women's football over there it's 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 awesome really cool yeah, well, you grew up in WA, right? Well, at least yeah. for a period of time. Yeah, it's um, it's honestly they they love their football over there, and, and they really get behind it. So it would have been amazing playing out there, being on either team. It would have been amazing. Yeah, you yeah. still have family back in Perth? Um, yeah, my two siblings live over there. Um, so try and get over as much as I possibly can. But um, yeah, it's Perth will always be home for me. I've spent the most time there. So yeah. Does Richmond get to travel there this year? No, we don't. Oh. We don't. No. 
but that's that's okay. There's always plenty of other time. <laughs> uh, as a player, Sabs, what's the conversation that's happening with West Coast now after that game? Because like the margin was quite big. Mm. It was a full-on game. What 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 kinds of things are you talking about after a game like that? Yeah, I think obviously people keep going back to the fact that you know West Coast is a new team, and those are the factors that you bring into it. They're a new team. There's so many things you have to figure out in your first year and, and Frio are experienced. They've been in it for three years and that showed that day. It really did. The way they worked together and the way that the ball moved um, to playing in front of a big crowd and, and think people need to add that as one of the factors when, when going with two teams playing against each other. So obviously not great um, for West Coast, but they'll they'll reset like this. Each week is a new opponent. They'll reset and they'll go again. So I definitely would expect bigger things this week from them and they'll really come out um, firing, I would I would say. And the next game, uh, a team close to your heart, Sabs, the Brisbane Lions seem to just keep defying everyone's expectations. Mm. And I think everyone wrote them off this year after losing such um, star power, but mm. they won again, 19 mm. points over Geelong. Mm. Yeah, I think like people... Culture wins games, I think. Culture is a huge, huge part. And, and Brisbane, they've done some real groundwork over there about establishing what they actually um, want to achieve and the people that they bring on board. So in terms of losing people, um, I don't think it's going to stop them. If anything, it's probably going to empower them to, mm. to keep going and showing people that it's it's not going to make a difference. But they're super talented. The people they picked up, super talented. In Queensland, they have so many girls coming through that just want to um, play AFLW. So do you know what? I wouldn't put it past them to keep competing and keep shocking the world because that's what they do. So mm. it'll be interesting to watch. Impressive. I love watching them. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching a forward line built around Dakota Davidson and mm. Jesse Wardlaw for the next mm. few years or decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got to say, Emily Bates is one of the best players in the competition and I can't believe she keeps flying under the radar. She puts in a massive performance every week and I think the Melbourne media probably needs to start looking at what she's doing. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think she's been, in terms of the Brisbane best and fairest, she's been in to- talks. She won it in the first year um, and is always up there, always mm. up there for best and fairest for the club. So, yeah, she probably deserves a bit more, but, you know, she'll keep hammering away and one day she'll win the whole league. Yeah. <laughs> best and fairest and I'll have to talk about it. Well, so I, I guess we'll see. All right, we might race through these last two, but um, Magpies uh, got up by 15 points against traditional rivals Carlton. That was pretty impressive. Em, you were there? It was a cracking game, really good quality game, and both teams had different game plans. That was really interesting to watch the uh, arm wrestle from that. But, yeah, Collingwood's got a bit of class, and they're finally starting to put it together. So hopefully it brings the Collingwood army out and we'll get some big crowds. Well, hopefully not really. But... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm very for the Bulldogs, so I can't help but hate them. Uh, and the final game of the round, um, this looked like it was going to be a boil over for a long time. St Kilda were up right until maybe halfway through the final quarter when Adelaide's, I think, experience just showed through and they won by 13 points. Just St Kilda had a disposal efficiency rate of 75% at three-quarter time. Wow. Uh, wow. And it just made me think about a lot of naysayers towards the league. A lot of men in particular complain about the skill mm. quality. Um mm. We've got a team that just ran at 75% disposal mm. efficiency. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even the men's teams don't achieve that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's putting those arguments out in the bin where they belong. Hmm. Correct. Hopefully. Now we're going to do our 3 two, one but first I've got to play our little intro. I declare the winner of the Aaron Phillips, the best in Ferris. <laughs> We call it the Aaron Phillips Appreciation Award on this show. So, um, Emily, who are your three, two, one for the week? 
three votes, Kiara Bowers, 11 tackles in the first quarter, racked up 20 possessions and 18 tackles by the end of the game. And I just think she controlled that game and set a standard that was absolutely elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, two votes, sorry, Sab, but Laura, Lauren, Lauren Ahrens mm-hmm. from Gold Coast had 16 touches, uh, four marks, five tackles. And sadly kept Sab goalless. So as far as... Oh, as, far as uh, I know, no, but... No, she played really, really well. Yeah, to do yeah. that against yeah. the best <laughs> forward in she the did. competition. Oh, uh, there we go. Okay. Just trying to suck back up. <laughs> it was an impressive performance, especially second ever game of footy. And number one was Courtney Gum at Adelaide. Um, doesn't get the kudos that Anne Hatchett or Ebony Marinov does, but her composure, her ability to control the game across halfback and through the midfield um, was just beautiful to watch. Nice. Uh, I gave my three, uh, same as you two, Kiara Bowers. She had 11 tackles at quarter time, tackled a protester who was on the field. I reckon that should have counted for a few. Uh, (laughs) um, Jamie Stanton I gave two. I just thought she was brilliant. Um, Looked like she'd done her collarbone at one point and I thought we won't see her back on the ground then came out and just dominated like she did beforehand. And I gave one actually to Daisy Pierce, just that 100% efficiency by foot at halftime in that crazy thunderstorm I thought was just so impressive. Uh, Rana, did you feel like jumping in or were you feel like... Um, Look... In, in full transparency, I was moving house, so I didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked. But, I mean, you can't go past Kiara Bowers. I also thought um, mm-hmm. Stacey Livingston had an absolutely amazing mm. game. We'll talk about her in a moment, um, yeah. Um, and I thought Malloy did too in that Carlton Collingwood game, so that'd probably be my 3-2 one. Going to listen to a couple of quick uh, post-match interviews from the weekend. Casey Simons was in her beloved uh, West Coast Eagles rooms with Courtney Guard. You might have heard a little bit of this before when I accidentally played it. So talk me through that experience. Obviously a really tough day out in the park today up against a really fit and elite Frio side. You've had a lot of more experience as well in this competition, but historic moment, first ever women's derby. Talk me through the day. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously the result wasn't what we were hoping for. Um, you know, disappointed, but we'll let that sink in. Um, but I don't think anything can overtake the excitement of what it was like running out there, you know, under the tunnel, first home crowd, first ever time I've stepped out at Optus Stadium on the ground, and that was a, a moment that I'll never forget. So, yeah, awesome experience, but unfortunately not a not the best result for us. What are the learnings out of the game today? Obviously, as I mentioned, they've got so much more experience having been in the competition for three more years, and there's some stellar players out there. I think Ebony Antonio just put on an absolute show today. Kiara Barras as well. I mean, 11 tackles in the first quarter. It's so hard to come up against that. But what did the team learn? Yeah, definitely a lot of learnings out of that. I think for us, that's, you know, they've been in the competition. This is their fourth season um, and this is our you know, fourth game pretty much together. So for us, I think that's maybe something we want to aspire to be like, you know, build that kind of game style. And, and certainly they've got some, you know, good players. But I think we'll definitely, you know, watch the vision, look closely about what we can do and, and yeah, take what we can out of it. And, yeah, in, in four years' time, we're hoping to be right up there with them. Absolutely. And you mentioned the crowd before as well. I mean, over 35,000 people here at Optus Stadium. It's just amazing. I mean, what does that sound like on the ground for you guys? Oh, I couldn't hear anything, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a challenge in itself. I think, like, trying to hear each other, that's something we've never had a problem with before. Um, But to look around, like, I had to pinch myself a couple of times, you know. Could see, you know, family and friends. And then I think it was 36,000 or something out there today. So an unreal experience. And, yeah, it was was tough not being out of here. We had to do 
were a lot more pointing than yelling at each other today, but that was, yeah, that was awesome. A lot of different communication skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny to think about because I guess, you know, as fans in the stands, we just cheer our loudest, but we don't realise the impact that it has yeah. on you guys too. Absolutely. It was definitely different for us, but yeah, yeah. loved it. Absolutely loved it. And talk me through the rest of the season. So two games in, um, two losses on the board, but, you know, as we mentioned, just all learning curves for you guys right now. What are you looking forward to for the rest of the season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even that result, there's some exciting stuff we can take away from that. So we go over to Sydney next week and play GWS. So we'll prepare as normal this week, but I think we'll really tuck into this game and have a look at what we can improve on. I think there's certainly some really awesome bits. Um, but yeah, I think we've got a we've got another away game and then we're back at home against Western Bulldogs at Leadable Oval. So it's always was so cool to play in front of a home crowd, but you know, it's it'll be good to travel away next week and I think um, give it another good crack after what we can review from this game. Absolutely. We're looking forward to seeing you go at it again. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks very much. You're on Kick Like a Girl on Triple R, and today we're with the victorious Michaela Khan from the Collingwood Football Club. How are you going? Yeah, amazing. Cracking win. So, yeah, I'm on top of the world at the moment. Tell you what, it was a cracking win, but what I really liked to see was the fact that you guys really cracked in hard from the first bounce, um, put on a lot of tackles, a lot of body pressure. Was that something you were targeting against Carlton from the start? Oh, that's part of our game now, pressure at the source, and... It gets the win, so just got to keep pressuring the ball. Now, you spent much of the day in the guts today doing a lot of in and under stuff. Is that something you're really starting to pride yourself on this year as you come into your next season? Yeah, absolutely. My tackling, my pressure is uh, the main part of my game, so I just got to keep applying that each week. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've seen you running around and absolutely smashing people. There's not much to you, but no one takes a step back from pull. So now two from two, great start to the year. How do you feel you're going to start building from here on now? Oh, we just got to keep sticking to our game plan. That's the main thing, and uh, yeah, just keep composed and keep it inside, keep it nice and quiet and yeah, keep to our game plan, I guess. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoy the win. Get around the girls and sing the song loud and proud. Yeah, thank you very much. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R, exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. Now, we do a little segment on this show every week called Smash the Patriarchy, named after Darcy Vessio for that amazing post she did before the first game in the first season. So here's our little intro. Smash the Patriarchy! (laughs) It's Kirby Fenwick's niece, and I absolutely love playing that. It's my second week, so I get excited. Uh, We were going to talk a little bit about AFLM, AFLW, but, Rani, you've done that on the Outer Sanctum, so I feel like we can leave that behind. I also wrote a column on it today for the ABC. So, actually, what I thought would be cool is just to get especially Savs's view on um, Stacey Livingston said after the game against Carlton. She played on Taylor Harris, um, spare of the moment interview, just sort of said, oh, yeah, well, you know, we, you know, stopped her in the air and, and apart from aerially she is useless <laughs> which got a bit of a beat up um in the press what did you make of that Sam? yeah i mean i've played on stacy like we have so many battles and um she's an amazing player and and that's why they would have picked her to, to play on taylor in in the first place and i think post-match interviews like <laughs> they're just in the moment and to be honest she's pretty much broken down like her thought process to play on Taylor in the first place which was you know stop her in the air and and that's it you've done your job sort of thing and I think that's obviously she said it in a way more casual way and um (laughs) 
Like, yeah, I think people really love to take things for an absolute ride. But yes. knowing Stacey, like, she is really, really competitive and um, she she did a great job. She played amazing. And I think that needs to be more of the conversation is how well she played on Taylor Harris because Taylor is a great player mm. and so is Stacey. Mm. And the fact that she played that way is what we need to highlight, not all this other stuff. Yeah, well, I think that's something that the fans love anyway about AFLW is you don't get those really rehearsed, like, media-trained responses from the players. So we want you to be honest and, yeah. you know, full of life and personality. But then once you do once you do say something like that, you get shot down. So it's sort of like, I mean, I loved after your game, so they, um, Dane Zorko interviewed mm. Kate Cermak, I think her um, surname is. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But she was so excited. She mm. grabbed the mic off him twice. She was like, oh. I'm just stoked <laughs> and um, and told us all that she had a chunder in the break. So, you know, like that is priceless. It's super raw and I think the more people twist our words, the more we don't really want to talk. So yeah. I think the one thing I love about FLW at the moment is people feel that they can just talk about it in the way that they're, you know, just thinking and not have to overthink that. And I think the more that we take it and turn it into more of a negative, we'll stop seeing that. So mm. I want to celebrate so we can have more and more people just being themselves and, and talking about having a chunder um, <laughs> and playing amazing footy. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What did you make of it, Em? I just hope that next week Stacker says something like that again because that's the kind of person she is. And <laughs> I don't want to see my footballers and the athletes in general being sanitised. We want to see them as real people because they are real people. It's not just, you know, someone we see on a TV screen or running around on a field. They're real people with real opinions and no, they should be allowed to express it. And I know clubs have got probably put a lot of pressure on people mm. to not uh, you know, cause controversy, toe the line, but really... Mm. You've got to let people be who they are. So don't change, Stacey. Yeah, don't change. I agree. I think if you're Taylor Harris as well, that's just going to spare you <laughs> on even more. Like That's all that comment has done, really. Yeah, that's probably the only danger because I think um, Seven posted, you know, oh, looking forward to Carlton Collingwood meeting each other in the finals and she just wrote, same. Yeah. <laughs> half, and that's all she needed to say. Yeah. Half will probably have her doing ground balls for half an hour at training this week. <laughs> <laughs> he did say it was borderline garbage comments from um, Stace, so that was interesting. Um, all right, shall we go on to a quick preview of the next round? Um, Friday night, we've got St Kilda playing Melbourne uh, down at Moorabbin again. Any quick fire tips on this one? This will be a Pride game, so that's exciting. Uh, we haven't really heard anything about the Pride games coming out of the AFL yet, but hopefully this week we'll uh, hear it because it's really important and really fun. Yeah. Uh, and there's multiple ones this year. It's usually just the Doggies and Carlton, but there's three this three year, this I think. Year. So. And St Kilda leading the way. They have with the men's for a few years now, and I think St Kilda's going to win this game. Oh, really? Ooh. I, ooh, I think mm-hmm. the Ds. I think that's a bit of bias there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else up for tipping? I yeah, reckon the Ds have uh, yeah, got this. Me too. I think they've been really, really strong, and um, I'm sure they'll keep going that way. All right, very diplomatic. Um, and then we've got, yeah, the traditional Pride game on Saturday, Bulldogs and Carlton at Whitnoval 310. I know who you're going to pick. Well, I picked Doggies last week and I thought, <laughs> oh, this is just, you know, my heart getting in the way of my head and my tipping record. So, yeah, well, I don't know. Who do you think? I think Carlton will bounce back. Mm-hmm. I think they might too, but I I really want the doggies to get up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do yeah, you reckon, Sam? I mean, it'll be interesting. I think just based on the fact that it'll be at Wintnoval, I think Bulldogs might have the edge playing in that windy conditions. <laughs> they they really put on a clinic down there. But I'm sure it'll be a close one. They're both looking good and 
I'm excited to see what Colin, um, sorry, Carlton do this week in response to last weekend. Mm, yeah, I think many would have tipped them to win this week, so they're probably going to be on fire, as is usual for my Bulldogs, always get teams on the up. Um, then we've got, uh, well, it's the Q Clash, really, the, mm-hmm. sun, the Suns and the Lions um, at, where is that one, Metricon. What do you reckon, Em? Brisbane. I'd like to say Gold Coast, but Brisbane, Brisbane, I'd, they might not drop a game this year the way they're playing already. So how can you tip against them now? Mm, I feel that way too, I think. I think Lions for me. Yeah, Lions, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because the Gold Coast are obviously coming off the win against us and, and there's power in that and yeah. real momentum in that. Um, so they're going to definitely bring it. The Lions have been strong this whole time. I, I think I'm going to give it to the Lions on this one, yeah. Well, you've got to go with your old team, really, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got Frio and Collingwood, 7-10 at Fremantle Oval. Two teams in form, really. Game of the round. Could be game of the year. Oh, I'm I don't pumped. know about that. <laughs> You're just Collingwood biased. I think, <laughs> I think, Frio, I think Frio are going to win this one. I think Frio will win too. Mm. I, don't, I mean, I just can't wait to watch this game. Yeah. I really all, I sort of. I think Frio will get there, but yeah. Oh, it's going to be good. Do you know what? I actually think Collingwood. Really? I think Collingwood might might surprise a few people, and I have a feeling that they've just gotten it right. They've got the formula right. They're heading in the right direction, and I think I'm going to go with Collingwood this week. Mm, controversial. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, then on Sunday we've got the Giants and the Eagles at uh, Blacktown. Hmm. Giants. Oh, that was quick. Whoa. Yeah, and loud. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other tips. Mm. I mean, yeah, I'm going to say Giants. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Giants as well. I think Giants too. I feel a bit sorry, though, for I the expansion know. teams not winning. I want them to get a win some point. Me too, man. Mm, well, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Funny about that. Uh, <laughs> that brings us to the next game. The Tigers up against the Kangaroos at Icon Park 310. How's this going to go? Tigers. Oh, mm-hmm. Present company mm. included no, in honestly, that statement. Yeah. No, honestly, I think that's... Tigers are due. They're better than the results on the table. They kicked two goals, 10 on the weekend. You turn that around That's and it's true. a 40 point win. So, yeah. Mm, Tigers, who's going to win? We're nodding tigs. really <laughs> hard. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Tigers. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not even game to tip on that one. All right. We'll just move on. Um, <laughs> uh, Geelong, who haven't got a win on the board yet either, um, up against the Crows at home, GMHBA 510 on Sunday. What do you reckon? Do you know what? I'm going to go Geelong just because oh, to what happened to them on the weekend, I think they're going to be burning. I think they're going to come out really strong. It's a home game for them. I'm, I'm tipping Geelong. All right, you've sold me. Oh, <laughs> I'm we're swaying here. <laughs> you can't just be swayed by the room. <laughs> em? Uh, I just worry that Geelong's midfield is built around some younger, smaller bodies, mm. whereas Adelaide's midfield is about some big heavy midfielders so mm. if Adelaide get the ascendancy in the guts then uh, I think Adelaide will run away with this yeah well the Crows yeah it could have been easily 0-2 actually after that game against St Kilda so do you think that's just the whole Phillips Randall factor Van Hagen factor or is it just well you never know you never you really know. never know <laughs> yeah. you'd like to think a team is uh, more than just a couple yeah, of players yeah exactly so. the depth and they're two they're two time premiership players like in that team so yeah we'll see well yeah you can't yeah you can't really replace those two 
you know, they're just above and beyond, really, particularly Aaron Phillips. Yeah, they're pretty handy footballers. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, we should wrap up. Um, big thank you so much to Sabrina Frederick and Rana Hussain. This is the second time I've said goodbye to you, but you just won't leave. So, the furniture. <laughs> Thanks for having us. No, thank you for coming on. And thank you, Emily, for joining me for another week. Thank you, Kate. Always a pleasure. This is presenter Kate O'Halloran. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Kick Like a Girl, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R during the AFLW season. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Kick Like a Girl Facebook page, Twitter or website. <laughs>